Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Uh, just want to, a little bit more about last week. We talked about creating an atmosphere, you know, for the glory of God to manifest among us. On one hand, you can say that's a wonderful thing. On the other hand, you can say if you're Ananias and Sapphira, it might not be so wonderful. Or if you're Aaron's two boys that intruded into a place where they didn't belong, and they were instantly consumed by the fire, and then also, if you're the king that thought, well, I'll just do my own thing and I'll just, you know, cross over the line where I shouldn't, and he becomes leprous. And you've got Miriam, who thought she would rebel against her brother, and she becomes leprous also. Hmm. You might reconsider if you really want to have that kind of manifestation of the glory and power of God. So there is a, there's a I guess it's a two-sided coin, isn't it? Are we ready for that? It got quiet. <laughs> Are we really ready for that? Do we want that kind? Someone even asked me just today, why don't we see more of Ananias and Sapphira situations occur? That'll really get everybody awake. Yeah. Right? You talk about waking people up. Remember the days of Elijah when fire came down from heaven and consumed all those? The rebels? Ooh. Our God is the consuming fire, right? Amen. And our culture doesn't really give him the respect that uh, uh, he deserves. And the sad part about it, it's infiltrated in the church. You know, people want to come to church and just, it's okay to fellowship with one another and all that. But I believe the church should be a place when we gather like this, where we give him the highest place of honor. The highest level of respect. Don't you? The highest level. And the only thing that can really trigger that off is godly reverential fear. Amen. And you see, when we have that godly reverential fear, that high respect for God, then it's not like, don't do this and you need to do that. No. It's that you want to honor Him. So when we really see Him, just like Isaiah saw Him high and lifted up and full of glory, when he saw him in that way, mm. imagine it. John on the Isle of Patmos, he fell down as one dead almost too. When he saw him, the glorified Christ. Imagine that. Well, some of the things we said to create this atmosphere, it requires desire on our part. We've got to want it. And not just a little bit want it. We've got to want it. Badly. Just like... Uh, David said, I long for it. I hunger for it. I thirst for it as a, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Got to want that. And then also we've got to 
demonstrate humility. We've got to humble ourselves before God. If we want him to lift us up, we've got to humble ourselves. The only way to go up is to go down. So we humble ourselves before him and just say, Lord, without you, there's nothing. We want you. What's going to work is prayer. If you humble yourself and pray and seek the face of God, that's going to make us success individually and also as a church body. So it requires humility on our part. And then also reverence and God of reverential fear. That produces the power of God. We saw that in Acts chapter 5 when there was God of reverential fear after Ananias and Sapphira fell over dead. Then great things happened. Demonstrations of God's power manifested among the people. And then we talked about the honor of God. That means to hold him in the highest regard, esteem, and respect. And he says, if you honor me, I will honor you. How do we honor him? Well, just like we said tonight, maybe you don't feel like giving. But he says, honor me with your substance. In other words, I'm going to put your needs above mine. I want to do it your way. And then we talked about consecration and unity, people coming together. And we saw that when they came together in unity and were set apart and consecrated, each one taking their place and each one doing their part, not intruding to someone else's ministry, with the right heart, motive, and desire, we saw that the place was filled with the glory cloud. They couldn't even stand up to minister for by reason of the cloud. Well, if they could have that back in the old covenant with the blood of bulls and goats and animals, how much more can we have the presence of God manifest like that when we come together like they did? Set apart. Set apart. In unity. Purity. In harmony with each other. I promise not to sing, Tammy. I'm not, I'm not intruding to another office. I'm going to reel myself in and all as much as I want to. I'm going to hold back. And then we talk about worship because God inhabits what? The praises of his people. And praise that really comes from the heart. Not just a singing of songs. But a genuine praise that rises up from the heart. It attracts God's presence and his glory. Prayer is the backbone of any life or ministry. If we're prayerless, we're not going to have the presence and power of God. You know, God wants to manifest himself among us, but it's up to us to do our part. Now, this next one, as we continue this, and it's real short, look at Revelation chapter 4, and it's called to replicate the atmosphere of heaven. You know, when all this stuff started so many years ago about having to meet the needs of teenagers and have their kind of music and do things to in invite them in. You know, that was a, a, the start, I think, of a slope that was slippery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Are you listening to that? Yeah. Because however you, whatever bait you use to get someone, you got to use it constantly to keep them. If God's presence isn't enough, there is something wrong in the heart. So let's look at these verses and, and see what they say first before we comment. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, 
And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor, notice those two words, glory and honor and thanks, those three things, to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are, and they were created. So here we see something taking place in heaven that gives us a visual of those individuals worshiping God. And if we call this a worship service, then don't we want to replicate that? Notice this. In heaven, there's no competition. In heaven, there's no pride. In heaven, there's no bitterness. In heaven, there is no backbiting, slander, ill will. In heaven, there's no ill intent or anything of that nature whatsoever. In heaven, all these individuals are just pure in heart. So we eliminate all that to get it on earth or in earth as it is in heaven. So there's no competition. Like I said, I'm not going to step into someone else's office and vice versa. No, everybody's there and their hearts are in complete surrender and submission to God and satisfied with where they're at and what they're doing. And we should all feel the same way. Don't try to do something that God has called someone else to do. That's why Miriam got herself into trouble. That's why many were judged back then, even in that day, to try to come against Moses and Aaron. Who are you to lead us? Well, I'm really not anybody, but God told me to. So if God told me to, then your beef is with him, not with me. That's what Moses basically was saying to them. So, in heaven, every creature is in complete surrender to God, submitting themselves to God. And there's not one of them that's saying, I just don't feel like lifting up my hands. I just don't feel like praising God right now. No. Every single one of them got a glimpse of the presence, the power, the glory, the holiness of the living God. And they were so moved that they began to worship him. Three things that they said. Glory, honor, and thanks. Now that's pretty simple, isn't it? See, it's not complex. It's not complicated. They're honoring him for being their creator and for being their redeemer. And all they're saying is glory and honor. And those two things basically point out God's character, his attributes, his person. In other words, we're focusing on the, purpose of, on, on the person of God when we say glory, honor. This is who you are. I'll never forget this. Andrew reminds me of it every day, so there's, I can't forget it. You know how many times he sits there and looks at me and just says, Dad, you know, 
when I was sitting there on that bench and I lifted up my eyes and I saw Jesus brighter than the noonday sun. It was like a white light coming toward me. You know, you, I've been talking about this so much, you know, I mean, for a long period of time, 22 years now, this has happened. And still you get something out of it, even new. You know, what he said was to me, Dad, do you know that the first word I ever said was Jesus? And do you know that Jesus knew my name was Andrew? I didn't know my name was Andrew. Think about that. He didn't know his name was Andrew. How would he know his name was Andrew? He was 14 hours old. He said, but I sat there and I saw that white light so bright coming toward me. He said, hey, Andrew. He said, hi, Jesus. Man. Wow. Isn't that something? I knew it was him. And remember, he's 14 hours old. He, how did he learn to talk? To speak. His first word wasn't mama, dada. It was Jesus. Jesus. No wonder he wants to go back. He said, Dad, what I saw was amazing. I really can't wait for you to see it. And he's serious about it. I can't wait for you to get there and see it. Then to come to thanks, thanks highlights his work in creation and redemption. So glory, honor, and thanks. Thank you. Not that complex, not that complicated. Now, how did they do it? And this is so key. I don't know that I've ever been in a service like this. How did they do it? They fell down before him. See, we were talking about really wanting to truly worship God. They fell down before him. And what that means is they prostrated themselves on the ground before him. Extending to him the highest level of respect, honor, and glory. They fell down before him in submission completely to him. And they said, you are the creator of all things. You are worthy of all my praise. All the praise I can give you, I'm giving you right now. Imagine if we just said, you know, we're just going to come. Just, just, man, lay down on the ground. Right before God. And how about this next one? They cast down their crowns. Now, see, I don't mean any disrespect whatsoever. But when I see, you know, like worship teams and they got their ball caps on backwards and all that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I want to be like an old fuddy-duddy. But oh my. Where's the reverence? Where's the respect? Where's the honor? These are people in heaven. They're on the ground. And when they cast down their crowns, there's a meaning behind that. You think about the crowns that believers achieve and acquire for serving him. You think that what we're doing here is not going to be rewarded? What you're doing is not going to be rewarded? They cast down their golden crowns. Those crowns stand for the achievements, uh, their life's work, 
upon this earth, everything that they did to honor their Lord. And what they're saying to him is, anything I've acquired, any degree of anything, all belongs to you. There's an accumulation of the glory of all these crowns that all believers lived and died for and offered their lives to, to, to advance the kingdom, and it all goes to Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. You're casting down and you're saying, this is for you. It's like you won the Olympics and you got that, you know, prize. And you say, it's all yours, Jesus. It's all because of you. Because without you, there's nothing. That's what worship is all about. So imagine, it's not just about how well we can play or sing. It's not how well we can preach. It's how well do we recognize the person of God and what impact does it have on our lives? Do I, and if I don't see it, if I don't have it, I should be on my face saying, I want it. Change me from the inside out. It's not just being born again. It's having the life of God in 